0: If you want to develop yourself in a plant-based industry, you have probably been thinking about what type of business you should open. In most cases, students that come to us want to open a plant-based cafe or a restaurant. That's why we dedicated the whole episode talking about if it's a good idea today and what are the opportunities beyond opening a plant-based cafe. Today, we want to talk about one of those opportunities. Today, we want to talk about opening and managing a cooking studio. If you're a natural-born teacher, maybe this is just a perfect idea for you. Let us know in the comments. We hope you'll enjoy the show and let's jump to the first question. How would you describe or define a cooking studio and what does
1: it take to manage one? So, if you imagine that you are a cooking instructor, Exactly like a yoga instructor would work or own a yoga studio or like a Zumba instructor would work in a fitness center as like, I don't know, a personal coach that would work uh, in a a fitness center as well. So for me, the idea is that as a cooking and especially plant-based instructor, but as a cooking instructor, the place where you work is either a cooking studio school Mm -hmm. so a cooking studio means that you don't design recipe like you would design recipe for Mm restaurants but you design an experience which is an interactive experience where you will have partly cooking demo partly Mm hands-on and this is also for you to establish how far you want to go to that aspect and They will have uh, thematic topics, mm-hmm. and so you will define your curriculum, yes. not a menu, but a curriculum, and then you will have a schedule, a weekly schedule, where you would put the different slots, and people can book a slot, I don't know, one hour, two hours, three hours. You decide where they can come, <clears throat> and you uh, manage and you teach that experience. And uh, so, <clears throat> for me, for a plant-based instructor, it's closer to what are really your skill and uh, expertise than to open a cafe. Uh-huh.
0: And what do you need to actually start with a cooking <clears throat> studio? What are the things that you have to focus
1: on? So there is one <clears throat> tricky, very tricky part, which is the same as any cafe or restaurants, the facilities. Uh-huh. You need <clears throat> a good facility. But I would say the only difference compared to a restaurant is that you don't need to be on Main Street. Mm -hmm. You may have sometimes be close to it, but in in like not... uh, Still in the remote. It can be a bit remote, it can be next to a walking street, Mm -hmm. but with less uh, activity because you want something peaceful and quiet. But it's still easy to access. Mm But you don't need to be visible from outside. So it can be also in an apartment. You have a cooking studio that can be a really in a studio, actually. Mm-hmm. And uh, and then the second thing, once the location is kind of um, uh, spotted and, and, and decided, you need the equipment. Mm-hmm. And I would, I would separate in two. You have the equipment for your cooking studio. Okay. So... Uh, like oven, like some equipment that will be shared by all the students and the instructor. Okay. So this is the overall equipment, I would say, of the cooking studio. And then you have per station if you have cooking station, meaning if your students, they have their own workstation, yes. then they need to have their own specific equipment, even yeah, if tools. it's just small equipment. Uh, and then you have all the... Um, The bowls, all the measuring uh, equipment, exactly, Mm -hmm. and then you will have the plating, also, Mm -hmm. maybe a a location for pictures and things like this. So, Mm -hmm. you need to really design (coughs) to be a cooking studio, Mm -hmm. and you need to define how many students you will accept in one session, yes, and then design the experience to see how many hands on you will have them to do, which will have an impact on how much uh, and how many equipment you need. And on the food cost in the end. And of course, yes, you need um, Your food cost will be defined on the the type of experience and how many recipes you are going to do. One impact also of the food, of course, is that you need storage space Mm. for fresh ingredients, like fridge, freezer, and then uh, dry storage for the dry uh, ingredients.
0: So what if uh, you don't have a specific location, how can you still uh, start and what if it's really hard for you to pay the rent, which in many places today it really is?
1: Yes, so we can imagine two scenarios here. One would be, indeed, as a cooking instructor, I, uh, I don't have already a place or as you said, having a place would be too much of a cost, so the different alternative possible are to do some pop-ups in a pre-existing cooking studio. Mm -hmm. You know someone, they have a cooking studio, they do something different, you come there, you check first that they have all the equipment you need, you see the arrangement with them regarding the ingredients, how the food costs will be managed. Normally, there is a kind of share, whether they will pay you by the workshop or you will share the cost and then share the benefits. Mm-hmm. Uh, this can be kind of flexible, but pop-up could be very good. Sometimes also you have some restaurants or places where out of their running hours or opening hours, I should say, mm-hmm. they will like to have some workshop. Very simple example. I'm a plant-based restaurant in Paris. I do most of my business during uh, lunchtime and then dinner. Mm-hmm. But then on the weekend, I would like to have a workshop around brunch. Yeah. So to do something, to use my space in a different way and to make kind of an event. And attract new people, new customers. And indeed to attract a new audience, new people that could be interested in what I'm doing. So that's an option. And <clears throat> the other option would be To be a chef instructor during a retreat, whether Mm -hmm. it's yoga retreat, if there is a dimension related to healthy food. Which is really popular today. Which is popular. You have to be super careful. Now that's the project manager speaking about the Uh logistics. Because as you know, you need to make sure that there is a proper kitchen. You have a proper space to work. You can storage the ingredients. uh, And you have the equipment that you need for workshop or if there is not it will be more demo so you need to know this in advance so you can adjust but retreats could be a good option you can also do uh, cooking demos Mm -hmm.
0: Uh,
1: sometimes uh, like uh, companies doing uh, i don't know high speed blender some type of equipment Mm -hmm. they may be interested whether it's during an event or because they launch a new product or something to organize some cooking demo Mm -hmm. So that's something that you can do as well and of course uh, there is another uh, simple one which is to be a chef instructor uh, in a cooking school exactly what we're doing yes and i I must say uh, we have to be very honest and we are grateful for this Uh, it's really a huge difference to work in a professional kitchen yes and to have a real facility which has been made As a professional kitchen but also a classroom and on top of this we are staying in a resort so this is uh, optimal condition I would say to work Uh, but again the message is also uh, don't wait to find the perfect location Mm -hmm. start that's why for me pop-up retreats cooking demo uh, even uh, so demonstration you can do also a private dining mm-hmm. where you do kind of chef table but you show how is the assembling or the plating. So it is like a demo also at the same time? You integrate a, a chef tasting uh, menu or dinner with a kind of demo. Mm-hmm. And uh, this is very popular. This is nice because they get to see the behind the scene. Yeah. Even though of course they won't see all the preps done before. But they see the mise en place, they see the assembling. Sometimes you can be a bit more interactive. Something that I was doing that was super popular was uh, <clears throat> the nori maki.
0: Okay.
1: I have all the mise en place and I explain and then people, they do their own. Ah, uh-huh, they so make their own nori. Yes, they make their own nori. Uh, if you do vegan sushi, then you have uh, the different assembling method. Mm-hmm. And so this is fun because it's like a workshop but the preps and the mise-en-place has been done and people are just fun making their food and after that to enjoy it. Yes.
0: One very simple question. How sustainable is having a cooking studio?
1: I think we have to see two ways. One is that um, maybe it's not super, uh, it will not create a massive revenue, but still it can be viable and it can be also less risky. Mm-hmm. Adventure or endeavor if compared to, uh, for example, opening a cafe or a restaurant. In what way? One thing is similar to catering. You can implement a positive cash flow. Okay. Where when you do the enrollment. For your workshop you ask at the booking for a 50 percent deposit so that you know the person in advance so you define the quantities for your food costs uh, for your food sourcing and then after the food costs and normally that 50 percent will cover those expenses from your preparation and things so it will be less risky and less uh, money uh, demanding at first also It's something where to achieve uh, viability and economic viability there are certain uh, side revenue streams that you can implement. Some are kind of easy. For example, small kitchen equipment can be a side revenue stream, meaning like a personal blender. Mm -hmm. If I do a, a workshop on smoothie, I have very likelihood to be able to sell some. So you make partnership with the company that is actually
0: producing the equipment?
1: Yes. So the good thing for you would be normally if you buy a bit more quantities, you can have a better price Mm -hmm. for you. So the invest on equipment is lower and then you sell some. Mm -hmm. Uh, As soon as there is not too much uh, warranty issue. So I wouldn't go for very uh, high end equipment. where you would have to give some service with it. Mm -hmm. But if we are talking about small equipment, uh, you find a very nice mandolin, you find a very nice peeler, you have a cute uh, kitchen equipment, Mm -hmm. you have the thing that people need, like uh, let's say a nut bag. Yes. Uh, Kind of small accessories that you need, and they are not super easy to find. And also, because of your experience, you know, what are the good ones yeah the good quality so you make a good selection and you have the small equipment that all people look for but they don't know where to find mm-hmm. so that could be one uh, side revenue stream other one very similar could be a dry organic grocery where people can buy uh, in bulk by mm-hmm. weight so again you do a food tartlet you are using almonds for your crust and then you sell uh, organic almonds of good quality that you source well by the weight
0: or so again sun figs
1: or things like this again you would buy in bulk and kind of repackage
0: and sell in the smaller portions
1: yes say. when you buy for you sometimes if you want good quality you don't even have the choice mm-hmm. so to achieve certain price you will have to have I don't know 20 kilos of cashew for example yes and then the idea is part of that you will repackage and you will have uh, as an organic grocery. And uh, this when I had my cooking studio in the Netherlands, those actually two uh, uh, side revenue were actually very important. I was doing uh, three things. So I was selling some small equipment, especially the personal blender and the dehydrator, because Mm -hmm. I was doing at that time mostly uh, raw food. Mm -hmm. And then uh, on the organic grocery, I select very good quality uh, dry organic ingredients, well sourced. Uh, I had um, really uh, perfect uh, brown uh, dry sun-dried apricot from Turkey. I had very good quality of uh, Valencia almonds. So I really select a small list of key ingredients which i would uh, sell in bulk by weight and that was actually very popular and then the experience also because people come to to your place they learn a recipe they want to do it at home right they away. can buy the exact quantity so they can replicate the next weekend the recipe at home ah perfect so you can actually pack
0: Uh, the produce by the quantity which is in the recipe.
1: Exactly. That's what I was doing. So I had just a scale and I was selling by the scale. Oh, that's smart. So, and the third was that because I was in the Netherlands, people actually didn't really want to learn how to cook, (laughs) but they they prefer to eat. Uh So I was doing, as I mentioned earlier, uh, a lot of private dining experience. Where in Netherlands, what is popular is that they will give an invitation, they will offer to someone, okay. and that person will come. And normally they come at four, six. Mm-hmm. And you do a private tasting dining, where you talk about plant-based cuisine, oral food, nutritional aspect. Then you show a bit, you do the assembling, or they do it, mm-hmm. some plating, and then they enjoy their dinner. And I was doing two options. One was including wine pairing or when they are very good wine as a proper french yes i would i would uh, when they had very good quality and kind of wine that i couldn't afford what i was doing is that i would advise the one that would go well with the food and Mm -hmm. then they bring their wine Mm, so you are really in kind of niche marketing or niche uh, dining or catering experience but it's nice, and it's nice to do. Huh? Yeah. I met very interesting people. It was really fun to do. Mm-hmm. Other side revenue possible are niche catering. Okay. Where you use your cooking studio as a lab, mm-hmm. and you produce for one event something, the food they need. Also, you can do some events and demo. Exactly like when we were talking about the alternative, like cooking demo and retreat. It mm-hmm. doesn't mean that when you have the cooking studio you cannot do it yes, actually it will be course. easier because now you have the lab yeah. and the equipment so you it's can even... test and then you can do it outside exactly so other revenue are events demo and retreats the
0: main difference between uh cooking school and a cooking studio is that in a cooking studio you're most cases alone or you maybe have one or two employees uh, to help you Uh, so how to manage uh, and because you have to be a studio manager at the same time not just an instructor so how do you manage the whole cooking studio and what do you need to focus on?
1: By the way um, you mentioned something Sometimes you can do like a yoga instructor are doing, you can open a studio together with other cooking instructor, especially if they are different style. Mm -hmm. So then you will have an offering and a catalog that will be more open. And then you will will co-share the costs and the expenses. And you will have each person based on their skill. One maybe is better in communication, one is good in organizing and logistic, mm-hmm. so you will share the responsibilities of managing a studio. Okay. Because you're right, if you have a studio, then you have to manage it, uh, especially if you own it, meaning that, of course, the first thing would be to find the right spot, yes. which can be complicated. Then you have the interior design, mm-hmm. which also can be a challenge if it's not your party and uh, you need also like pure uh, kitchen design kind of Mm -hmm. so you need to have the spec and to know exactly what you want to do and then after that the enrollment exactly and the booking so -hmm. to say will be on you and uh,
0: marketing as well in the end
1: and the marketing especially as i said I think you need to have your own style and that's something that we talk about the on the for any instructor in the instructor training is that you need to make it kind of unique and remarkable. Mm-hmm. So for example, if I'm really into plant-based cuisine for active lifestyle, that's my kind of signature. Mm-hmm. It's always better that you can explain simply what your is your type of food. Okay. What is your interest in? It will help to define what is your audience. Mm-hmm. Then, as you were mentioning uh, on the online communication for Instagram, what is your from this you can deduct what is your minimal viable audience. Yes. You find the best way to reach that audience. And then indeed the, the big issue today is the conversion rate, mm-hmm. meaning most people will tell you, oh, it's fantastic, you open your cooking studio, Ivor, so great, I will be every Saturday, I don't want to bother you too much, but I will be every day. Yes, yes. You launch the event and nobody comes. Nobody
0: comes. It's the same thing with the restaurant.
1: Exactly. So when we are talking about the audience, we are talking about people who will pay for what you do. Yes. That's why also, sometimes it's better to start with pop-up to make sure and to have a simple way to verify that you have what I would call a true audience, Mm -hmm. meaning an audience that knows what you are doing, Mm -hmm. understand and support by paying the right price. And follow you wherever you go with pop-ups. They will follow you and then you can build up a demand. You can meet also people while doing things on retreat and some events like we were talking about the dining experience Uh, and I think the studio is really kind of the accomplishment mm-hmm. in the sense that yes, you will have more responsibilities and you will have the communication and the organization and the coordination to manage. So I think also that's why sometimes if you have people that have um, different style than you, but you have uh, common uh, values, then it could be a, a good thing to say, okay, let's share a place. Mm-hmm. The other way to do it, which I, uh, I did at some point in the Netherlands, what can work well, is check your audience. Mm-hmm. And yoga studios, sometimes they have huge spaces. Yes. And maybe they have a space where they can do some workshop. Maybe they want to talk about nutrition with their yoga mm-hmm. students. So maybe, again, you can start without having everything on yourself and without having to own your cooking studio. Your cooking studio can be actually situated within a yoga studio. Mm
0: -hmm. So it is kind of... uh, We have that kind of Kaizen philosophy again. So you have the small steps, you start small, you gather the audience, you collect the money and then you go to the next step where you can actually open your own.
1: And you learn by doing each step. The most important thing. So you learn by doing a short demo you learn by uh, adapting to any setting, you learn by doing three-hour workshop, then you can do more retreats, so longer duration, so in indeed by doing uh, you will learn and then you will find. The mistake would be to set up everything without knowing an audience, if there is, and without knowing how to teach, that would be the mistake.